you're listening to this, that means that you've successfully opened up the mystery box and are welcome to a special episode of the Dream Team Podcast. I am your host, as always, Jake Schultz, and joined with me today for the episode, for your little special mystery episode, is Zulfi Shake. What's up? What's up? How you doing, Zulfi? I am good, and I'm excited for people to hear what we have to talk about. Yeah, I love the whole mystery box concept. I love the surprise that we do, like, ooh, what's in here? And yeah. the last one worked out pretty well. People were excited for that one. So we thought, why not do it again? Yeah. So what do you have for me today, Zolfi? What's in that mystery box? So Jake, I, with the help of one of our guests before, Mike Jose Collins, have put together an Eastern Conference preview. Ooh. Going over the teams in the NBA. And I thought, well, we thought it would be a very fun idea to talk about the teams, where we've ranked them, what we think teams are going to go through, and kind of have some of the conversations leading into the season. We are less than a month away, a couple weeks to be quite honest, from the season tipping off October 24th. So it's getting really close, and we kind of have an idea of where we think teams will fall in line. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of go over that and see where the East stands. What do you think? Yeah, I love it, especially after all of the turmoil with the Drew Holiday and the Damian Lillard trades be cool to see where you think that all these teams are gonna place so i'm all ears yeah so the way i, I kind of broke things down was four categories mm-hmm. there is your title threats the teams that you kind of know that should be competing at the end of the season especially making serious runs there's your playoff teams the teams that were in that position last year that should be back you know they're solid they'll kind of avoid the bottom of the play-in in that area and then obviously after that i have fighting for the play-in You'll see a chunk of the teams in here. Obviously, only four of them can be in the play-in spots. But I think there's going to be a lot of teams fighting for that. Spoiler alert. And then your lottery-bound teams. Teams bottom barrel probably won't accomplish much for one reason or the other. And are very likely going to be in the lottery trying to make another high pick in the draft. Okay. So... Very interesting. Yeah. I, like, I like the tier li- list layout. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I didn't want to go just like uh, Here's 15. Yeah. Here's 14. Here's exactly. 13. It's kind of boring. I like the, the switch up. And I think they're a little interchangeable. And you can. The, I, I'm curious to see like whether you agree or disagree with some of these. If like you think one of these teams should be a playoff team and one of these teams should be more in the play-in mix than that. So, You're going to give me the rationale for each team? I'll, I'll give you a little bit. If there's stuff that sticks out to you where you're like, oh, this doesn't make sense at all, then like by all means we can dive into it further. But like we don't have to go through every single team. Some of these will be no-brainers. Some of them like, we can have a bit of discussion about. Sure. So I'll also include like win totals and where I think these teams will lie. Okay. Uh, in them, I have the odds via BetMGM, the over-unders, and we can talk about those. To start things off, I'm going to start at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. This is the lottery-bound team. And yeah. quite honestly – this might shock people. I only have two teams in the lottery-bound teams. It's probably going to be more really? because with the way sh- things shake down, some of these teams are going to drop. Okay. But the only two teams I think are definitely going to be within the lottery are the Detroit Pistons <laughs> and the Charlotte Hornets. Detroit is touted to win. Their over-under is listed at 28.5. I honestly think this is going to be another year where the Pistons are just kind of developing. They're going along the road. I don't want to bag on them, but their biggest controversy heading into the season is who is going to get the starting center spot, Marvin Bagley or James Wiseman? Ooh, like, really? Thrilling. Yeah, what does this team have going right now? Like, they, they really are just in still rebuild mode. And then other than that, it is Cade Cunningham. Can he stay healthy? When he's healthy, he's going to be really good. Is he going to get this team to over, like, 40 wins or so to be fighting for a playing spot? Probably not. This roster still has a lot of growing to do. You have Jaden Ivey and Jalen Dern, who are obviously other exciting young prospects. I feel like they're in stage one 
of where OKC is was at or is at now. So yeah. OKC is kind of at like maybe let's say stage five or something along those lines, whereas Detroit is still in stage one. They're going to need a Kate Cunningham to turn it into an SGA for them to get to that point because they have the other young pieces, maybe missing one or two, mm-hmm. but they have the, the tantalizing like like a potential there. So I think Detroit just still needs to go through his growing pains, get a couple more picks, and kind of keep it going. Monty Williams being the coach, it's going to be exciting. Let's see what he can do and develop these young guys. You saw what he was able to turn around with the Suns. Mm-hmm. But I think Detroit is still going to be a lottery-bound team. They have a lot to work through and not much talent, unfortunately. So I say Detroit there, Charlotte. I don't really think there's much to say about them. This team doesn't really have a lot going for them. I'm not even going to go into some of the players with the whole Miles Bridges and Kai Jones. You know what's going it's on okay. there. okay. Kai Jones isn't there anymore. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, I'm not <laughs> even going to go into what's happening with those guys. No. Unfortunately, that is really what the only news Charlotte has been involved in lately. And then... No Brandon not- Miller? Brandon Miller, I, I'm sure, will be a great player. I don't know how much he affects this team winning. LaMelo Ball is going to be more of an interesting prospect. Can he stay healthy when he's healthy? He's really good. But no offense, I still need to see LaMelo Ball contribute to winning basketball. Yep. People said when he was out there, he helped his team win a lot. Sure, they were winning and making it to the play-in. How far did they really get? And Charlotte, the two seasons they made it to the play-in, they went in to the play-in, got there, and they got stomped both times. Yep. They didn't accomplish much. I need to see LaMelo Ball affect real winning basketball, and I don't think that's going to happen yet because Brandon Miller, I don't think, is the one to deal with LaMelo Ball. Can he be an exceptional role player? I could see Brandon Miller maybe even carving out like an OG Ananobi type role. You, you, you'd you hope that his talent for where he was drafted would be even better than that, mm-hmm. but I think that's more of where he's going to be at, and they need somebody else to be that person who kind of is the one to punch with LaMelo Ball, and I don't see it there yet. Gordon Hayward, obviously, is at the tail end of his career, so I doubt that's the person, so... The Hornets over under is 30 and a half. I, I want to lean under. I don't think they'll be that bad that they can't win 30 games. I think they have it in them to at least be able to accomplish that. But I think just compared to the other teams in the East, I just don't know if they're as competitive as those squads. So I really don't know what to say about this Hornets squad. Last season, they won, my goodness, 27 games. So 30 and a half was being generous. Wow. Maybe they you should take the under. Maybe. Uh I would, man, this is a tough one. I'll say with if if you have a full Lamelo, bet the over, but like really, thirty two games. Like I'll give them that. It's really not much more. I still think they're going to be a lottery team because of it. But yeah, those are the two teams I have in the Eastern Conference, like lottery bound tier. What do you think? Yeah, I'm probably in the same boat with you. I the Pistons roster should be a lot better than it is. The talent on paper is good. I just you haven't seen it really go to fruition yet. Yeah. I think it's interesting that Bogdanovich is still there. Yeah, they need to figure trade him at the deadline if anything. Like get some value out of him. Yeah, I'm the really the like you were saying, the two players I'm looking at is Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. I just want to see what these two can offer on a full time consistent basis. Can Cade stay healthy? That's another main concern because he's just not been healthy since his entire career has started. And I I like the prospect of this team. I just want them to be better. And Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte is Charlotte. They're in this weird limbo period that they have been for the past decade now, if not longer. Lamelo is Lamelo. Aside of Lamelo, what really do you have to offer on that team? Like, yeah. okay, Gordon Hayward is old and aging. Cody Martin, he's the worst Martin. He's not even the best Martin. Brandon Miller, <laughs> I think, is an intriguing prospect, but we just have to see what that pairing looks like between Lamelo and Brandon Miller. It could be great. It yeah. could be eating our words. Terry Rozier is also still good, but it's just like it's a weird mismatch of players and i just don't think it's ever going to come into fruition not to mention the whole sale that's happening like that's still like yeah around the team 
That the doesn't whole, go away. <laughs> the whole team is just a big question mark. The yeah. roster construction is a question mark. Ownership is a question mark. Coaching and like management is a question mark. You just none of it sticks out to you as like they can bank on this, other than maybe Lamelo, and you don't even really know how much Lamelo takes you, how far that pushes the needle. So this team has too many question marks around it. And honestly, my goodness, the Detroit Pistons over under was twenty eight and a half. That should be lower. Guess how many games they won last season? Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. What the hell? That should smash the under on that one. Yeah, that is insane to me but yeah that's why i see their two lottery round teams i don't think kate cunningham wins them 11 more games uh, just having him healthy and being there so i have to take the under it's he, close though right like a healthy Cade does put them over you think not by much by 11 games i'd say he definitely like more than five games he helps them win yeah that's my point he can do five it's, <laughs> 11 it's is not a lot 11. Yeah, yeah that's fair yeah, so I I just want to see Cade Ball, man. Yeah, That's Cade is all so good. See. So yeah, that does it with the lottery bound teams. Next, this is probably where the, like I said, the chunk of the teams in the East are going to be in. They're fighting for play in spots. The East is very top heavy. Shocker, everyone already kind of knew that, especially with the trades that went down. But I'll probably start by listing teams that I think we can agree are in this play in mix, and then there's other teams where you can. And you and I can maybe even debate, should they be higher? Should they be lower? Should they be lottery bound? So I'll start with teams that I think make sense to be in the playing race. The Atlanta Hawks, they're over-under 42.5. We have the Chicago Bulls, they're over-under 37.5. I think these are two teams that were in the playing mix last season. Obviously, we saw what happened with the Bulls and the Raptors. We saw the Hawks and the Heat in their playing games and how those went down. So I think they're going to be back in the mix. Brooklyn Nets, they were actually a playoff team last season. Yep. A lot of that was riding off the, the pre-trade of Kevin Durant being shipped off and Kyrie Irving. They still sustained but, the wins, though. Yeah, they, they still did decent. Like They were able to keep it up a little bit. I don't know if they'll be able to keep that all the way. I, I personally see them regressing a little bit, but that's neither here nor there. And then you have the Toronto Raptors. Mm -hmm. I do want to touch on them really quickly. Their over-under is 36.5. That's way too I low. think that is flagrantly disrespectful that for is the Toronto so Raptors. That is so rude. I think the Toronto Raptors have, like, out of the last, like, decade or 10 seasons, they've hit the over on their over-under total, like, 9 out of 10 times, 7 out of 10. I don't even the remember The only exactly one they was. didn't hit was the Tampa season. Yeah. And last season was seen as, like, by all accounts, by most people, as a failure, especially with the way it ended. But they won 41 games. They yeah. were 41 and 41. I don't see how getting a more pass-first point guard who is less... Like who is more efficient with less volume is going to make you like four or five games the worse. I, I don't understand that, especially because they made additions and changes. Like other than losing Fred, what other core major piece have they really lost? So I don't think, again, I love Fred and I knew he was really important for this franchise. Does losing Fred really lose you five games? No. I don't see that. No. So to all, all that to say is... Fred lost them five games on their own last year. Yeah, so all that to say <laughs> is hit the over on the 36.5 for the Toronto Raptors. That is crazy. Yeah. And uh, so the other teams I have in fighting for the play-in. So, so far I have the, the Hawks, the Raptors, the Bulls, and the Nets. And then I have the Orlando Magic, the Indiana Pacers, and the Washington Wizards. Mm -hmm. Do any of these teams jump out to you as like, why are they there? What do you think about that? No. Not necessarily. On paper, they're all very strong teams, and we've been touting the Magic for so long now. Yeah, they're ready to take a leap. They need to. They need to. The roster is very talented, and I'm actually like all aboard their roster this year. Franz Wagner, I think, is just going to keep taking another yeah. step, and he's proven to be a very successful pick for them. I just the pure talent on this team, man. Paolo Banchero. Cole Anthony, say what you want about Cole Anthony, but Markel Fultz. Still you, got Jalen Suggs. There's just 
They're good, man. Oh, it's Jalen Suggs. They're <laughs> you still you're still salty about just, him not wanting to be on the Raptors? Just a little bit. <laughs> they're a good squad. They're a good young squad. And you talk about phase one. They're in between phase one and phase two of the OKC experiment. They're, yeah, they're definitely in the next step. I really like their squad. I hope Jonathan Isaac can stay healthy as well because yeah. he has so much talent. But I just think they're going to be fun. They're going to be fun to watch. Suggs will not have any pressure on him at all anymore. Markel Fultz has looked very good in preseason. And just, I want this team to succeed. I They yeah. deserve it. They deserve it. They have a fantastic one, too. They have their core to build around. Franz Wagner and Paolo Banquero are awesome. Yep. Build around them. They mm-hmm. are so young, so talented, and they're just going to take you far. And they're exactly what today's NBA is versatile wing type players and especially Paolo can play even a bit bigger and he can play it at the four and have success there I think it makes so much sense that this team is ready for a next leap 37 and a half wins is above their total so obviously the betting lines agree that they're probably going to take a jump up I kind of want them to push past 42 43 wins is it going to happen it's hard which is why I think they're fighting for the play-in because like the teams don't necessarily always just make a jump like that, especially to that extent. So I think that's where you kind of need to pay attention to them, especially with health, knowing that they're young guys and they rely really heavily on Franz and Paolo. Mm-hmm. But I do have faith in them at least being in this play-in, like, pushing teams. I think it's going to be a really tight race for the play-in this year, and all these teams are going to be a mix. The other team I want to touch on is the Washington Wizards. Talk about being disrespectful about uh, a team and where they're at. Washington Wizards, their over-under line is 24 and a half. And I don't quite what? understand why it's so low. It's the lowest in the NBA, or at least in the East. It is Washington at 24 and a half. You think they're going to win less games than the Detroit Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets. I, I don't understand that. Last season, they won 35 games. You th- like, I don't- 24 and a half. So like 11 games almost like less. What? And I don't see why. Okay, people are obviously going to be like, well, they lost Bradley Beal. I'm like, okay, cool. They lost a high efficient, like a high volume scorer who plays zero licks of defense. Mm-hmm. What do they do in the offseason? Who do they add? Jordan Poole, a high volume scorer who plays zero licks of defense. Really, what changed? You have almost the same team going on. And this year, they have younger pieces. They have, like, obviously, Kyle Kuzma's going to have a bigger role. You added Bilal Kulabali in the draft as well. Who knows what he's going to be? But. You have vets in there as well. Mike Muscala, Danilo Gallinari, DeLon Wright's still there. Tyus Jones still there. Like, you have vets here. Landry Shaman. I can keep going on with some Tosh of these Gibson. names. Tosh Gibson is a huge vet to have on this team. And then you still have the young prospect in Denny Advio who's there who he's trying to grow with. But you have a young core. You have vets around them. This is a team that is just not going to be going down to the bottom barrel and going to be a lot of, I just don't see it. I don't see why, especially when you have guys who want to prove themselves. Kyle Kuzma just got paid. He's going to want to show that. And he's a guy who doesn't want to lose. He's won a championship. You think he wants to be on a lottery team? Probably not. Jordan Poole has a chip on his shoulder. He got shipped off a team after he got decked in the face by Draymond Green, even though he helped him win a championship. He's going to be pissed off about it. He's going to want to prove it, and he's not going to want to be on a tanking team because that's, all that's going to do is going to like sully his reputation even more. Yep. So I think the Washington Wizards are getting massively disrespected. I think they're a team that's always in the middle. I know being in a play-in spot isn't sexy, but they're a team that have always been in that area, and I think they're going to continue to be. I just really don't see how they win less than 25 games. I think that is super easy to bet the over on, and with the roster that they have, I honestly see them winning like anywhere between 33 to 36 games. So I think that is an easy pick in the play. And what do you have to say about that? Yeah, 
I agree. I, they're not a sexy team at all. I know you're a lot higher on them than a lot of other people. Yeah. Because you have their coach winning coach of the year this year in our predictions. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think what really changed? What what warranted them losing that many games? Yeah. They're not going to be the worst team at all by a, a long shot. And I think it'll be fun to see how Kuzma and Poole maintain a relationship together because they're two ball-heavy players and it'll be strange to see how it works but i think they'll let it work and i I, you're right both players have chips on their shoulders and they want to go out and do something and i hey they almost made it last year to the the plan like they were there till the very end yeah if i remember correctly 35 wins so they were they were right around there the entire time i i wouldn't put it past them to squeak in there if jordan Poole really is that guy and comes out and plays and cal kuzma is who he has been for the last two years which is consistent and he does take a bit more of a step it could happen yeah i think this line comes from like the bradley beal effect and losing him but again i already mentioned how him and jordan Poole are similar players and you can't discount the fact that bradley beal was ready to leave i wouldn't go as far like as two to years say, ago yeah i wouldn't say he was disgruntled but clearly he was ready to leave you saw it out there in a lot of the play where he was just checked out at times so you're gonna have a guy who's actually enthused to be there wanting to be there and that's gonna make a big difference and if this team can win 35 games with that situation and then even after like the bradley beal move this offseason i think it's gonna be freshness in there fresh energy i see them being right around the same team so i really don't think 24 and a half makes much sense so i would say go the over there but yeah you have the Hawks, the Raptors, the Wizards, the Pacers, the Magic, the Nets, and the Bulls. Anything else jump out there for you in the teams fighting for the play-in? No. I think it's all expected that the Bulls, they've been a play-in caliber team. For yeah. the, they shouldn't be. Again, with all that talent on their team, they shouldn't be. Uh, Raptors, same situation, though. I, I'm a bit more positive this year. I do think that they are going to have – they had 41 wins last year. I think they're going to push around 45, 46, 47. You think, eh? I do. I, I am high on this team, especially after the pl- the – the preseason game, I know you don't bet all your horses on a preseason game, but Darko's vision, the .5 vision of passing the ball, doing everything, running the offense more through Pirtle, opening Siakam up to allow, let Siakam flourish, get more looks at the offense, not be double-teamed so much because, good God, that man is double-teamed way too much. I think it, good things will happen. I'm excited to watch his offense. The turnovers were a bit concerning, 29 turnovers in that game, but also you're not going to have those players out there playing as many minutes as they yeah. were during that game. And I think the Raptors are going to come out and surprise. I, I just want to watch a fun team. And I think that when they get out and play and realize how fun this team is, I think the vibes will pick back up again. And I am excited to watch the Raptors play. I think they're going to be on the upper echelon of the teams. And a team that you're really high on, the Pacers, this year, I understand that that line is at 37 games. Is that their, their it's win? It's 38 and a half on BetMGM. So it's gone up a little bit, to be quite honest. It was at 37 and a half. Can we move our bet to the 38? <laughs> no, no, we cannot. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not as high on this roster as you are, and you could be looking at me, be Ben, like why? But yeah, I am looking at you, like why? It's just, it's something about the Pacers, man. I've never thought that this team was ever that sexy. It's just not that sexy of a roster. It's just yeah, the city of Indiana. Indiana is not a sexy city. That's true, but they still have they have Tyrese Halliburton. Benedict Matherin is an exciting young player. Canadian. Andrew Nemard, speaking Canadian. of Canadians. But it's just Miles My- Turner. They're a good roster on paper, and they made some good additions this year with Bruce Brown and getting Daniel Tyson there as a veteran Drafted Jarris Walker. Jarris Walker should be good. So all in reality, like they should be there. They should be around 38, yeah. 39 wins. I just don't see them pushing past that. 
I think that they're going to be very consistent unless Tyrese takes a next step, which he's very capable to be doing, and he should, quite frankly, be doing. I just don't think I'm there yet, Yeah. and I could be eating my words the second they play. I just think that they'll probably hover around 40 wins, probably less than 40, which is why I said take the under on yeah. that one. Well, like I, I, it's fair. I think that's totally reasonable because I, I say it to you all the time. Sometimes I need to see it before I believe it. Yeah. And to take that stance with the Pacers, I don't think is n- unreasonable because, like you said, they're a team that have been around there but have faltered out for one reason or the other over the past years. No, I can't say they're a team everyone has had faith in, and I don't see why you would to to this point. But we had S. Barry Honey on from SDPN, and he talked about it too, how like neither tell in the season they kind of took a back seat they uh, sat Tyrese Halliburton he dealt with injuries too and I think a full season with a healthy Tyrese and this team wanting to accomplish things which I think they're at the point now especially when you add vets like a Bruce Brown Daniel Tice to like mentor these guys you have expectations this isn't a team that wants to tank you don't add a Bruce Brown and pay him because you want to tank you add him so he can help these young guys and put a give him like a kick in the butt and be like hey this is how you act as a professional this is how you win games so I think that is a factor that's going to play a role into it and I think their young guys are just ready we didn't even talk about like a guy like Obi Toppin as well there they have a young nucleus of guys who can put it together who I think roster wise makes sense to have together and then you add vets to kind of supplement that I think 35 games last year seeing them win five more games isn't out of the realm especially when you have teams in the rest of the conference that Probably they match up well against, especially the bottom barrel teams. Like I could see them being a Pistons, the Hornets, and uh, the Wizards. Even even though I did say the Wizards are going to be better, I could see them beating the Wizards quite easily. And then you have all these other teams in the conference. There's not many teams in this conference that I can be like I will 1,000% take over the Pacers in a, in a single game. So yeah. that's why I see since they're in that mix, I think 40 games is, is reasonable. So we'll see how our bet turns out. I'm very confident in it, but we'll see how it goes from there. But the main thing here is. Out of these fighting for a play, uh, play-in teams, most of them were basically in the same position last season. The one major flip is the Brooklyn Nets. They were in the playoffs last season. They were a sixth seed. Now they're in the play-in. Obviously, they got replaced by a team. And I'll talk about that team because we're talking about teams that I think are, like, cemented in the playoffs. And I say cemented, that's a strong word, but teams that I'm fairly confident are going to be your playoff teams in the East. Before you jump into that, where would you order these teams is more likely to make in the playoff, the play-ins? Like, push past the play-in to make in playoffs. Like, which of those do you think could move over? To make it into the playoffs? Yeah. So, I would have to say, and this is going to sound biased, uh, it's the Toronto Raptors are the number one for me. Mm-hmm. They're a team that I think it's they're such an enigma usually, but I all I will confidently bank on them nine times out of ten over exceeding expectations. That has been their mo, and I think they're gonna try to get back to that. Obviously, last season was the one out of ten times where they under exceed expectations, and it's unfortunate. But they clearly took that seriously. They reset, brought a new coach, new voice, new players. They moved on from Fred. So I think. With the way this team is set up and the way they're prioritizing defense, they're prioritizing a new way of offense, they're just being much more creative. And anytime the Raptors have tried to be creative, it's gone to their benefit, to be quite honest. Yep. So you obviously saw with the Kawhi trade. You saw after that, once Kawhi left, how they started playing basketball and moving things around. And they kept being creative, especially on defense. They didn't just use the boxing one when they won a championship. They kept it going after that, too. So. I think whenever the Raptors are trying to be creative, it works for them. So I can see the Raptors, like you said, if they win 43 to 47 games, they can be a playoff team quite easily. So I think they make the most sense. I'll say next is the Atlanta Hawks. Yep. Just They have the young court. We'll see. It, it might be a bit of addition by subtraction with John Collins moving on. 
We know the relationship with him and Trey Young wasn't the best. We I don't know all the details, but as far as reports went, it wasn't. But now this is Trey and DeJounte's team. We'll see what happens. They added a young guard in Kobe Bufkin as well. Let's see what he can do and add to his team. They just need their young guys to step up. Yeah. AJ Griffin's got to take a next step as well. DeAndre Hunter needs to do something. He needs to cement some kind of identity in this in this yeah. roster, in this league. What is he good for? And not saying he's not good. It's the fact that he just is a bit of everything, but he doesn't excel. He just needs to show something. Clint Capella will have probably a more defined role without John Collins being there. Sadiq Bey is going to have a more extended role as well. Yeah, for sure. So they're another team where I think you have the expectation that they should be fighting for a playoff spot. So I'd say the Raptors and the Hawks are up there. The Nets, again, it, it'll just come down to where is the development of uh, Mikhail Bridges? How does he mesh with guys like Cam Thomas, with uh, Nick Claxton? Where does that whole team go in terms of around those guys? So there is potential there. The Bulls, I see them quite honestly regressing. It's not a good look when Billy Donovan is basically coming out in the preseason game and they're talking about the trio of DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic. And he's like, well, the past couple of seasons, the way the offense has worked has been bad because clearly we keep stalling out in the same area. So like we have to figure something out. When your head coach is saying our three best players having the ball a lot doesn't work for us, then you clearly have problems. Just trade Levine, man. Enough is enough. It's just hard, though, because, like, how do you equate that value? You know what Levine is. He's probably one of the best three-point shooters in the league. He is super athletic. He can go inside. He's a little inefficient at times, but when he's in heat check mode, he's probably he's as good as just about anybody else. So, like, I agree. You have to do something. Mm-hmm. But, like, where do you get that value? That's that's the, the Bulls conundrum. But w- the problem also is, is when you don't, you're stuck in this spot where you're maybe winning, like, 36 to 38 games. And what does that do for you? So I personally see the Bulls regressing. For me, it's kind of like you have the top tier of the play-in teams, which is the Hawks, Raptors, and Nets for me. And then the Bulls are kind of in between. And then you have the other tier, which is the Wizards, Pacers, and Magic. Okay. So I think that's where the mix happens between the top two play-in spots and the bottom two. So I'm excited. I think this is where most of the intrigue in the East is going to come from. A tier inside of a tier. It's like yeah. tierception. Yeah, it's crazy, eh? But that that is the East. The yeah. East has levels to it. And we'll get to that with the playoff teams as well. So the Nets, I said, were bumped down. And the obvious team to bump into their spot is the miracle run team from last season, the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. I think it just makes all the sense in the world. They were touted to win 50, uh, 46, sorry, not 56, 46 and a half <laughs> Whoa. games. Yeah, 56 would have been crazy. 46 and a half games. I am curious to see if they're going to be able to live up to that. I know they should be a play in, playoff team just based off the nucleus of Jimmy and Bam alone. They are stars. They are excellent. They are quite elite, to be quite honest with you. And as long as they stay healthy, that's the big thing. My one issue with them is last year they won 44 games, but we know that was a bit of just like a anomaly based on injuries and how that season went for them. But 46.5 seems about right. My only concern is the depth. They lost a lot of their key guys who were part of that heat culture depth. You don't have Max Schuster anymore. You don't have Gabe Vincent there anymore. Yep. And you obviously have the mental letdown of like Damian Lillard. We're getting Damian Lillard. Oh my gosh, Damian Lillard. And Damian Lillard gets traded to the Bucks. Okay, let's try and get Drew Holiday. You had so much mental gymnastics going on. And this is I haven't even mentioned the fact that like, hey, Tyler Hero, we basically wanted you gone. We were trying to trade you to literally anybody. And no one was going to take you for the right deal. And now, oh yeah, you're on this roster and we kind of need you to be the third best player on this team and help us win a championship. Could that work to benefit though? If he, It seems like he's taking it the right way, by all means. It seems like he has a perfect attitude. Yeah, it could have backfired yeah. tremendously. He is saying, like, it's a business, I understand. And like you said, it could work to his benefit where there's a chip on his shoulder and he's willing to prove it. Totally the case. But I still think... All that is going to be dependent on if this team is winning. If Tyler Hero is out there and not getting the ball, is he going to have the same attitude? I don't know. You know what I mean? He's a high-volume player who needs the ball to be effective. And when he isn't getting the ball, is he going to have the same attitude? 
who knows? And at the end, like, this is cool. This is a champion, a team that went to the finals, but it, it quite literally did take a miracle run. Jimmy Butler turned into God himself. And can that happen again? I don't know, especially because Jimmy just doesn't care about the regular season. Yeah, my issue with this team is the point guard depth. We've talked about this at length on our original episodes. Yeah, you need Tyler Hero to be that guy because what are you getting out of Kyle Lowry? Yeah, and apparently he's he's expecting to start. And really, Kyle that Lowry, can't happen. nearly 40 starting for your team. Like, really, how, how, what's the ceiling for that? We saw it all season last year. The ceiling was not great because he was just getting hurt over and over again. I think the main X factor for me with this team is Caleb Martin. Yeah, that's a good point. Say as weird as that sounds, Caleb Martin showed in spurts in the postseason how great he was, specifically that Eastern Conference Finals. He was tremendous in there. With the departure of the other undrafted free agents in the Gabe Vincents and the Max Drews, you need your third one, who you didn't want to trade away in those trade packages to Damian Lillard, to step up and be that fourth guy. You need that sixth man. He yeah. is your sixth man to come out and be that that bench, that plug, that spark off that bench. I also am a little concerned about that over-under with just how much Jimmy tries in the regular season yeah. because we all know Jimmy doesn't care about the regular season. And I think that could be a little bit of a concern there. However, I think it's a little bit of a different year. I think this is a prove-it year for the Miami Heat because I'm not sure how much longer you can keep this core together because how many times can you make the finals with Jimmy and not win, right? Like, it's getting to a point now, like, something needs to move, something needs to happen, and I understand Damon Lillard was supposed to be that. And it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Jamie Akis Jr., oh, my God, he's going to be good this year. Yeah. What did you call him? Jamie? Jamie Hockes. I think it's Jaime Hockes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Jaime Hockes Jr. Yeah. I, I struggled. Did you hear the, hear the struggle coming out of my mouth there? Yeah, I was like, did you just say Jimmy Butler wrong? What happened? I uh, think he <laughs> is one of the biggest steals of the draft. He's such a heat Along with player. Cam Whitmore. I'm yeah. real, I, Honestly, this rookie class, man, it's I fun. just want to watch this rookie class ball. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. I'm excited to watch the Heat team. But, uh, yeah, I, that makes sense to have them in the play-ins playoffs yeah so the heat i think the other teams again you kind of expect them to be there it's there's nothing too crazy about it there's the new york knicks the cleveland cavaliers and the philadelphia 76ers the knicks it's crazy to say that they're a perennial playoff team right now for decades they were just bottom barrel or maybe even like play-in caliber team but now i kind of see them as a playoff team the only question mark i have about the new york knicks is what julius randall we're gonna get this year yeah, you get a good year, and then you get a down year, and then you get a good year, and then you get a down year. And the then human he's flip- roller coaster. And then he's flipping off the New York Knicks fans, and then he's saying he loves New York. You just don't know what you're going to get with him. So hopefully you get the same uh, Julius Randle, and then this team should be around the same. They won 47 games last season. Their over-under is at 45.5. I would say, personally, I would just avoid this because the Knicks are such a – a polarizing team that they can be a complete train wreck out of nowhere with an injury or two, especially because Tom Thibodeau plays the heck out of his players. He rides them and gives and just goes with his stars as much as possible. And they also have an Evan Fournier still there who doesn't even know what his role on this team is. He's saying in the preseason, he's like, I don't know. I think I can contribute. I think I can help a team, but I don't know what my role is going to be with this squad. So that'll be interesting. But regardless of all of that, I think the Knicks are talented enough. Nothing much has really changed with this team other than maybe getting Mitchell Robinson to be healthier than last year. And if he is, he's just going to help. Yeah. So I say the Knicks are probably in the same boat. The other two teams, the Cavs and the 76ers, they're talented enough that they should just be there. Yeah, I echo those sentiments. I think there's not too much to say about these teams. We all know what we're getting with them. Not too much has changed. The Cavs are really the one that I'm watching out of these teams. And I guess the 76ers mainly just to see how fast – Joel Embiid falls off with Nick Nurse as his coach. But I'm interested to see 
what happens with the Cavs, knowing that apparently Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to sign an extension next yeah. year, and for this to be, is it their last chance at trying to do something? They haven't even made it past the first round. Like, I don't understand what this team is going to be because they yeah. need to show to Donovan Mitchell why he should stay, and they have they certainly have the talented. I think they're one of the most talented rosters in the league. They just cannot seem to put it together when it counts. And I think they should. We should be sitting here talking about them being a top contender instead of just a playoff team. But I, I don't have any confidence thinking. Well, what really changed? What can change? Are they going to take that that next step, that next level? I don't think they're going to do it. And it's going to be interesting to watch how Donovan Mitchell responds to that. Because yeah, they can perform all they do in the regular season. If these other guys, if Garland, if Mobley, if Allen aren't helping you out in the playoffs. You're not keeping them past this year. Yeah, I think I I wouldn't say it's the last year for the Cavs per se. It's the last year for Donovan Mitchell on the Cavs, right? In terms of like being approved, it. I think you're totally right on that. Where like he knows he's gonna have immense value in free agency, especially because there's that other team in the playoffs, the New York Knicks, who are gonna try everything to get him, a hometown guy. So I think that's the really interesting factor there. And this team just has to develop around him and better and I think they've tried to do things to fix that they added a uh, Max Trusen offseason another shooter who can just hopefully complement a Donovan Mitchell but I think it just comes down to like what you said in the playoffs they need these other guys to step up otherwise Donovan Mitchell will move on you're gonna still have this young nucleus around a Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and you can build around that and that's exciting but you're going to have to take a bit of a step back if that's the case because obviously Donovan Mitchell is what propels you into a playoff team. Yep. So it's really going to come down to that and can this team reach a level of success. It, obviously, it's not the same level of what happened with Giannis where he was considering leaving. They win a championship, so obviously he's like, I'm going to resign here. But I think the Cavs need to do at least something to that extent where they need to make a playoff run so then Donovan Mitchell knows he has a chance of winning here while he's here. But if it's a first-round exit again, really, why don't you just why wouldn't he want to go do that at New York with the biggest media capital hometown where he'll get so much love and he'll probably get paid for it as well yep. if he wanted to be a first-round exit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I guess I will circle around to Philly for a second. Harden, if Harden does not end up playing... Does that not worry you a little bit about where you would position this team for playoffs versus play in? I would say it would like impact like seeding, obviously, or where they go down. I would say that the way this team is built with a Jimmy Butler on that, uh, sorry, not Jimmy Butler, a uh, Joel Embiid on that squad. Virtually the same player, am I right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, with a Joel Embiid on that squad, I think they're just too talented. And he's too talented for this team to not be able to succeed. Maybe they drop down a couple wins, but I think they'd still be fine in terms of just competing and making the playoffs. This roster still, again, Tyrese Maxey, I'm expecting a huge jump up from him. You have vets on this team like a Danny Green and a P.J. Tucker. I would say practically the same player, just Danny Green likes having pet snakes and P.J. Tucker likes having snakeskin shoes, basically the same thing. Uh, other than that, you still have most of the other guys there. So James Harden was obviously very important. But I would much rather have a bought-in Tyrese Maxey have the ball a lot more than a not-bought-in disgruntled James Harden. Sure. And Maybe it's addition by subtraction. I can't go that far yet because obviously James Harden is still an all-star caliber player and it's hard to replace that. But I think they would at least still be a playoff team without James Harden. And this is all to say is that if you trade him, which would be this alternative to him being here and playing, you'd get something out of it. you get some kind of value. I'm assuming a couple of key pieces. You wouldn't get nothing. I would have to assume with a Joel Embiid, you're not trading James Harden for just picks. You have to get some kind of like hopefully close to all-star level player. 
That's so fair. So that'll help them as well. So the 76ers are interesting. There are factors around them, especially with the coaching, like you said. But I think they are solidified in the playoffs just based on Joel Embiid being that MVP player that he is. They also do have more depth as well. Mo Bamba, Patrick Beverly, Danny Green, as you mentioned. They added Kelly Oubre, too. Yes, yeah, so I was just about to get there. Sexiest man in the NBA, Kelly Oubre. Oh, yeah. So they have depth. It's not like they're lacking that depth. So I think Nick Nurse will be able to relax Embiid a little bit more. Will yeah. he, though? That is the main question. Because if he is playing him 40 minutes a night, one, Embiid will not respond to that very well, too. No. That's not lasting long before it gets volatile. So I think they're honestly one of the more interesting teams to watch in the NBA this year, especially around Harden and with Embiid, with Nick Nurse, because so much could happen with this team. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about that. This yeah. is a potentially volatile situation that could explode at any second. Yeah, well, like hilariously, it could also be like the biggest bromance we've ever seen. It could, like that's but the thing. nothing that I've learned about Nick Nurse in the five years that he was a Raptors coach has taught me that it will be a good situation. Yeah, I I think the main thing is is like the Nick Nurse strategy of like publicly calling out players as a method of trying to like fire them up. It works seldomly, but it wears thin when you're not winning. So that's the main thing. Maybe Joel Embiid responds to it. He seems to respond very well to like trolling and online things, and he takes part in it, quite honestly. But that will go on deaf ears, and your star player will get real tired of it really fast if they're losing. So just Nick Nurse, be careful with that strategy. Because, yep. again, it may work, and maybe Joel Embiid takes it. And quite, it, it's worked in the past, I feel like, where people have called out Joel Embiid, and he's like, fine, you guys always want me in the post, so I'll go post up. And then he looks amazing. For some reason, he stops doing that once in a while. But this past season, he kind of figured it out, and he won an MVP out of it. It's because he wanted the MVP. Yeah. So when Joel Embiid wants things, he can make it happen. Except That's for the game of the second round. Yeah, that, that, that he joined Team USA for a reason. He's going to feel what it's like to advance in a postseason type of tournament. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that does it for the playoff teams. I got the Sixers, the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Heat. I think there's not too much debate there. You can try again, you can say there's maybe another team in there over the Knicks or the Heat. I wouldn't say the Cavs and the Sixers are out of there. It's just really hard because, like, if I want to say one of these teams doesn't make sense, you have to replace them with somebody, right? So, who out of the play in teams, like, do you really think the Hawks are better than the Knicks? Do you think the... The Knicks are the one team I think are would not make the playoffs versus, like, the play-in. I think that's the one team you can take out of that, that seating. Yeah, so that's what I mean. But, like, if I take the Knicks out, who am I, like, it realistically the, replacing The Raptors with? are the only other team I yeah, can see. Yeah, and that, I think that's a debate, though. Right. Like, you have a team that won, in the Knicks, that won 47 games, and the Raptors that won 41 games. Yeah. So it's a six-game difference, and the Raptors based on the betting lines and based on what people think have quote-unquote gotten worse without Fred, again, you and I disagree, mm -hmm. but really, like, in terms of making an argument there, how can you just confidently say the Raptors? No, you can't. Make, you know what I mean? Right. And, I, again, that's why it's a debate. So mm -hmm. if you want to take the Raptors over the Knicks, that makes sense, but I feel like it's just one of those things where, like, there's no concrete, like, let me take the Knicks out and put somebody in, which is why I stuck with the Knicks there and the other teams, there's a conversation to be had. And when uh, you see the article on the Toronto Observer, shout out, read it, there'll be more information outlining these teams and why I feel like they go where they go, but that's a big overview for it. You know why I'm picking Toronto? Why? Vibes. You know what? Vibes are important. I've been saying this, man. Vibes. vibes Vibe matter. Just gotta go with vibes. The vibes are immaculate in Toronto. That's Li for sure. Life's too short, man. Just yeah. Gotta, just got a vibe. Are we just about to say YOLO on the podcast? No. Well, I, well you just said <laughs> I just it. Said so it. you already just aged us by, yeah. like... We were basically veering into YOLO category when you said life's too short and vibes are important. <laughs> it's essentially the same thing. I could have just said you only live once. YOLO. But you didn't have to say YOLO <laughs> because now it just makes us seem worse. Hey, man. YOLO.
right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that only leaves one section and two teams. Let and me guess. Surprise, surprise. Let me guess. All right. The Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe. And the Boston Celtics. How'd you know? <gasps> no way. <laughs> yeah, both these teams are what considered title contenders and serious threats. I just think they are both like a step above the rest of the playoff teams. I wouldn't put the Sixers in the same category. I wouldn't put the Cavs, Knicks, or Heat, even the Heat in the same category. I just think the mix of star power and just overall talent on these teams makes the most sense. These are both teams that have gotten to that point before. The Bucks, the point where they won a championship. The Celtics, the point where they recently went to the finals. But for one reason or other, they've kind of faltered a little bit. And they made the requisite moves they needed to. What This offseason with the Celtics, it was a bit of a disappointment. You had this conversation around what does Jalen Brown have to do with this team? Like, can he take the next step? You pay him, you show him you have trust in him. But then you also change directions because you know you don't want to stagnate. You ship out Marcus Smart. You bring in Kristaps Porzingis. You bring in Drew Holiday. People have been talking about, oh, my God, Drew Holiday is going to make a difference on this team. What's he going to do? It's almost made people forgot. You also traded for Kristaps Porzingis, who looked like God himself in the preseason game for the Celtics. So if these guys can stay healthy, the Celtics are going to be a really good team. 54 and a half wins is the over-under. I think it's it's a, it's a lot, but I'm going to double down, and I say in the regular season, the Celtics are going to be at the top. I say they win 60 games. Yeah, you've been touting this for a while now. Yeah. I agree. I think they only got better. It's it's hard not to see this team eclipse 60 wins. Yeah. Like, and think of the other like missing depth on this team. O'Shea Brissett is also there as well. They added Svima Hailuk, who's a good shooter off the bench in like whatever minutes. In spurts, yeah. And then they just... They're, they're just so good. Peyton Pritchard got paid and apparently is God now, too. Yeah. Have you seen how this guy has been playing since he got his contract? He's like, wait, you guys remembered me? You guys care about me? Oh, my God, I'll play better. <laughs> I Yeah. I. What else can you say about this team? They have been there for three years now, and yeah. this is their time. This, and they this still is have their Derek time. White, too. They were able to move from Malcolm Brogdon as well. Obviously, they got in Drew Holiday, but they still have Derek White there as well, who will either insert into the starting lineup at times to give people rest, or he's just going to be a great sixth man, and you saw what he could do in the playoffs. So I think this team is just set up so well for regular season success and translating to postseason. And I think I just, I just think it's a bold take, but I have a gut feeling. 60-plus wins for this team, I think, is on the table. The Bucks, on the other hand, I think are going to be an elite, elite postseason team, but they're probably going to take a tiny bit of backseat in the regular season. Yep. 54 and a half is their total. I think they're going to be right around there. If I was a betting person, honestly, I would say probably avoid this just because like I could see it going either way. They could win like 52 games or they could win like 62 games. Like Really, it just depends on how much it goes into the regular season. But the reason why I say that is... Giannis is super athletic. He's had a couple of injuries here or there throughout his career because of how physically he plays. So I think they're going to want to be easy with him. Damian Lillard, we know, who is obviously the new addition. He has had injuries throughout his career. He is here to help this team win a championship. So they're going to be very careful with him in the regular season because they obviously gave away a lot of their depth to get a Damian Lillard, especially with the players that they sent out to the Suns as well, a guy like a Grayson Allen and whatnot. So I think this Bucks team is going to be set up for the postseason. You're going to play through, obviously, your stars in uh, Giannis and Damian Lillard, not even to mention Brooke Lopez. So I think this team is just banking on the playoffs being where they shine. But they're still just so freaking talented that mm-hmm. they're going to be at the top of the Eastern Conference. That's why they are a title threat. They still added other really fun pieces. Their ca- campaign is on this team. He was doing work with the Suns. So he's going to be a lot of fun on this roster. So I can see why. Malik Beasley. Yeah, exactly. Malik Beasley is a great depth piece to have. Not the main one. Robin Lopez. Yeah, the brothers are back together. There's two sets of brothers on Watch that team. Watch out, Bucks mascot. Hopefully he doesn't beat you up. 
That's actually gonna be fun to watch the oh, two of them together. Do you know what's gonna be fun? The WWE, like, do do they still do that? I hope they do. Have you seen those where like the 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 Bucks, their pregame, they always did like a like, uh, choreograph, like dub, like a wrestling like. Thing. Oh, I, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm not sure if they still do that or not. If there's any year to do it, it's now. They gotta bring it back. Get Dame to just rap on the mic while yeah, it happens. Yeah, you got Dame there, who I think is like into the, he's he's done a Stone Cold Steve Austin for Halloween before. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of sinning, did you? This is so off topic. Let's go to the West for a second. Scoot Henderson, did you see have the pipes on? that guy he oh was yeah your, oh my god he's got confidence they man. went from dame dollar to that he's got confidence. it's a one-to-one transition right there yeah and uh with the going back to the bucks and like there's <laughs> over under uh adrian griffin is a big question mark obviously so yeah. that's why the line for me is a little interesting they won 58 games last season and you think adding day makes them better but obviously you know drew holiday there anymore they won 58 games last year yeah they did the bucks they were good man they were obviously oh really yeah good. they were the number one seed yeah yeah Oh, my God. So they're obviously going to be a really good team, but new head coach, has his philosophy come in? How does he react to games and situations where he needs to adjust? We don't know any of that yet, really, especially with the star-studded lineup that he has. And how does he manage star players? That's going to be an important factor. How does he talk to a Giannis? How does he talk to a Damian Lillard? How do they play in crunch time? So they will have questions, but I just think they're so talented up top that they'll still be one of the best teams in the NBA. And at the end of the day, if you just tell me, and I know it isn't this simple, but you replace Drew Holiday with Damian Lillard on the Milwaukee Bucks that won 58 games, you would probably say they're going to win 60 games. I would personally say avoid the line just because regular season isn't going to matter as much to the Bucks, especially since they're one of the oldest teams in the NBA now. So I think that's something to keep in mind, but they're still going to be really, really good. And it, this is a two-horse race, to be quite honest. It's not fun for me to say because we're all about parity and we want sleepers, and sure, maybe there can be another miracle run, but I think it's a two-horse race for the Bucks and the Celtics to make it out of the East. you got to really just applaud the Bucks for doing right by their star player. Yeah. Because Giannis threatened being like, look, you don't help me out, I'm going to leave. And they go, okay, we'll help you out, and they go and get Damian Lillard. And he said it in the most like reasonable way possible he was like look at the end of the day my job is to win championships when i feel the best way for me to accomplish that is with the bucks i will stay here if it's not here and they're not doing the requisite things to make me feel like this is the best place for me to win a championship well then i need to go look elsewhere and isn't that the most reasonable thing to say i feel like he wasn't unfair about it he wasn't boss or demanding he's just like dude i want to win chips like i'm not going to hide it that's why i'm in this sport that's why i play the game yeah and they listened, which was, I think, handled perfectly by both sides. No one took offense by it. No one was bitter about it. They just like, this is a business, and our business is winning chips. And they made it happen. And now let's see what they can do about it. But either way, this Bucks team is set up so well. And this, it's a juggernaut clash. It is literally two Titan teams about to butt heads, and we're going to see what comes out of it. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I am too. That's a very good preview. Look at you. Good job, Zolfi. Yeah. Yeah, and people, let me know if you agree or disagree. Again, Absolutely. I'm high on the Wizards. I'm high on the Pacers. Some people might not be, especially with the with the way those teams are looking. So let me know if you think those make sense. We can go over the tiers. We'll put them up, and we'll put them on a list so you can see them visually where I have ranked all these teams. Let us know who do you think comes out of the East. Is it the Bucks? Is it the Celtics? Or is there a surprise third team? Are you really a big fan? Or is of it the, the Charlotte Hornets? Yeah, is it the Charlotte Hornets? Is it Brandon Miller time? Well, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Well, where can they find that article to read more on? So that will be on the Toronto Observer, but it'll also be linked on my socials at Zulfi underscore Shake, Z-U-L-F-I underscore S-H-E-I-K-H. Mike Jose Collins is a part of this too. I did not do all the work on this article. He has done a ton of work with it as well. It'll also be on the Dream Team socials. It'll be linked so you can take a look there. Thank you so much, everyone. 
It's also, if you're listening to this, it's on The Observer. You're listening to a, a bit of this as well. Yeah. It'll be on there. It'll be on there so, as well. It'll be linked with the article. Thank you, Zulfi, for all of that work. And if you liked what you heard here, this is just a taste of the Dream Team podcast where me, Zulfi, Spencer, and Dan go over the entire world of the NBA because, you know, just a bunch of ballers. That's what we are. Like Zulfi said, follow him on his social media and listen and read the articles. Appreciate you for doing all that. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at Jake underscore Schultz six and follow our Instagram at dream underscore team underscore pod and Twitter dream underscore team pod and follow like subscribe, share five stars, all that jazz. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll be back in another episode very shortly. Bye. Bye.